Well, at the track, they'd say, what's the late money doing? I'll discuss that in more detail when Triple D comes on. A little bit of weakness in tech yesterday. Retail comes to the rescue. Lulu Lemon. We got a good guest today. We have the CEO and founder of Live Person. UBS woke up on the wrong side of bed this morning. Got a slew of downgrades. We're going to cover the market action and much more here on Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to this so far uh, nice Wednesday morning. We're up 34 handles at 40.3550, just off that pre-market high at 40 and a quarter. That should be a familiar number to you guys and gals. Uh, the bucks down almost six cents, 102.05, trying to find some support here at the 102 area. Bonds are flat. That's nice, just under 130. Crude continuing its run up 81 cents at 74.01. Where's resistance in crude? We'll have to look at that. Gold making its way back towards 2K, up 1250, 1986. Silver, that's down 7 cents, going the opposite way, 23.35. And Bitcoin back in the 28K handle. That's up $935 at $28,390. So, Triple D, do you know what I mean when I said, you know, I'm talking about the late money at the track? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, yeah, I was always late money, too. You want to go in. Once they start, the horses start going, there's still bets at a certain point in, or in time, correct? Well, kind well of. actually, that, that brings me to an interesting story. Uh-oh. Um, first of all, up a can of worms here. The, the true late money is like the money because theoretically you're supposed to be able to, uh, right when the race starts, the yeah. ball goes off, you can't bet anymore. Yeah. But a lot of times, a minute or two before the race goes off, you see a big move in odds. Yeah. And that's, that's the late. Everybody money. waits till the last second to get, figure out what the odds are going to be. Ah. You place it early. As more money goes on the horse, the odds go down. So there may be somebody, I know this one's really, you know, this one should be like a five to one, but it's going off at a at a ten to one here. So you want to do it at the last second, and then you're trying to put it on, but everybody else is doing it, and it changes the odds all around. Right, but like the hammer, like the people that are in to know, a lot of times they'll they'll slam their money down at the last second, and yeah. so you see a horse, it's like like a lot of times I'm looking at a horse, oh he's eight to one, eight to one. Then all of a sudden I look and boom, he's three to one. And I'll be like, oh man, someone knows something. And then, you know, whether the horse wins another thing. But just real quick story on that. Uh, my dad used to go to the races back at Northville Downs when he was in college. And they were slow at closing the windows. Okay. So he would actually, oh, yes. he, he would find, yes. Yeah, so they would leave the gate. All right. And a lot of times, in a, in a, especially at Northville, it's only a half mile track. You got to make, you know, four turns. Right. So getting that start is really important. So they would pick a horse and they would decide, you know, like if he broke, you would have like maybe 10 seconds. So if the horse left the gate good, they had they would hold they'd have three guys and they'd hold up a program. And if the horse got off good, the guy would drop the program. He would relay to another guy in the grandstand who would then relay to my dad at the window. Who Holy. Would make the bat. You got a you do, you, do you see all this? This is all I got to say. It's an exciting sound. Joel's excited now. Joel Joel's getting ready. He, he sees the horse. He sees the horse coming up. He's like, you know what? I want that one now. <laughs> all right. Stonks. Dennis. So, anyways, how was that related to the market? You were going to tell a story. On how oh, that's right. I got it. Oh, like I'm trying to tie it all you, in. You got to bring it oh, back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just talk the late money. What happened in the last 15 minutes yesterday? Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 
Yeah, there, here we go. The 15-minute chart. I mean, boom, we were looking like, okay, maybe we're going to go down and test the low, right? Look at the last half hour, last 45 minutes, right? And then you didn't even you didn't even get a look at the closing price, right? So the late money there came in, and then the after hours buyers, Dennis, you had to feel money. them. You had to feel those after hour buyers, right? I mean, we never even saw we never even went scratch on the session. The reason yeah. I know that is because I was trying to buy the clothes and uh they laughed at me. So late money's right. We're back up, but uh Dennis, you're not you're not impressed with these earnings. Um, I'm not impressed with the earnings, but I'm impressed with the action to the earnings. And Kramer made a good point last night on Mad Money, and he was talking about the reports from PVH. He was talking about the reports from Walgreens. He was even talking about the reports from MKC. And then he was tying it in with the report from Lululemon last night. He said, you know what all these reports have in common? All the stocks rallied significantly on them, and they weren't great reports. And I'm like, you know what? It's a good point, actually. These weren't blowing it away numbers on a lot of these. They were good numbers. It just shows you that expectations are in the gutter. So that is the one big case that the bulls have here is that any type of good news and this market just rah, buy stocks because they're so hungry to buy stocks. They want to buy stocks, but the news flow has been so bad. And I predict the news flow is still going to be bad, which is why I'm not participating. But that is what is happening. Any type of good news and they got to buy stocks. All right, Mitch, Lululemon numbers, and then, oh boy, this what a nice setup on the charts. All right, let's talk about Lululemon here. Q4 adjusted EPS, $4.40, beat the $4.26 estimate. Sales at $2.77 billion, beat the $2.7 billion estimate. Lulu sees Q1 revenue to $1.89 to uh, $1.93 billion versus a $1.85 billion estimate there. EPS to $1.93 to $2. Now, fiscal year outlook also not looking too bad. High end to $9.41 billion and EPS high end to $11.72. And of course, we can't forget, and I think Joel mentioned this on the pre-pre-show, Guys got to always stay sharp, right? Well, he knew about that. Uh, remember, on January 9th, they did narrow this guidance from Q4 EPS guidance of about $4.20 to $4.30. They narrowed it to $4.22 to $4.27 here on the estimate outlook, right? And so we actually came in way above that outlook there. Remember, EPS came in at $4.40 beating the $4.26 estimate there. So it looks like that lowering of the bar definitely helped them get that bar right back up. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe that was a good idea, I guess, for them. I know the stock got hit on it, but you're right. Like, there was expectations were in the gutter here. Now it's like, oh, this wasn't bad at all. And now the stock's up $55, up 17%. They can't stop buying it all night long. The initial action took it up 10 and then I don't know, Joel, if you can zoom in on the chart there right now. You've got quotes over it, so we can't even yeah, see Yeah, yeah, right here. But the initial action, actually, if you zoom and make it bigger, it went up about 10, 12 points, and then she tanked. And it went all the way down to like 311. And I was looking at it, too, and my buddy from Bray Trading was texting me. He's like, why did Lulu just go red? And I'm like, I don't know. Did they say something? Because the quarter I thought was right good. It was down there for like a less than 30 seconds. And then they hmm. brought it right back up. So I'm not sure why the algos decide all of a sudden they had to hammer it down. But it dropped about 20 bucks in about 20 seconds. Maybe it was just a big seller coming in. Uh, then they started buying and buying and buying and they never stopped. So somebody got a pretty good deal. This thing actually went red on that quarter. Wow, I did not see that price action. I just uh, drilled it down to the five. I minutes. wouldn't have either, but the, my buddy from Bright was texting, and he's like, "Why did Lulu just go red?" I was like, "Did it? It was just up 15." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it is!" And then I was like, bringing it up, and I was like, "It's already going back green." <laughs> Maybe it was just like a big seller coming. I never looked at the tape, but it was. It went. It dropped about 20 bucks in 20 seconds. Right, about maybe three minutes after the print. So they had the big initial pop, algos, and then they dropped her. And that's why nothing's easy, eh? Like, even if you're buying it up 10, you're like, oh, they're going to really rip this thing. Then it falls 20 on you. You're dead. Pretty good yeah. shakeout, probably, for some people there. And then, it, uh, and then it rips the 50. 
Well, I think a couple things, I think, that had a nice uh, pre-earnings rally. So maybe, you know, if you didn't get short, if you didn't cover short, I don't know how heavily shorted this stock is. That's one thing. But what an interesting chart. This gap down here was from last quarter's earnings, right? And then they gave a little warning here, worried about margins. There's another gap there. And now you're back here. The pre-market high comes in at 372, no higher than that. The pre-market high comes in at 377.50. This gap fill, uh, they've already filled the gap and then some. The gap fill is at 68.44. The high on that day was 77.20. The close was 74.51. I don't know what if what your targets are here, what you're expecting out of this stock today. But holy mo, I'll just I'll go wide because it, I don't want to go against the momentum. But man, that three seventy to three eighty zone. If you've been buying since December, you gotta be. It's up at two hundred ninety eight thousand shares. I, I the mean, problem the, is the good news um, oh, about Bob into the same story yesterday. It's fading a little bit here, but then it went. different story, different different story. story but it's never a great idea to fade usually usually it's not and so on some of these that the volume isn't high but this has been trading up and climbing and climbing and yeah climbing i know and climbing. i know so it's not like it's like oh it's oscillating and it's still chopping around trying to find its spot it wants to be higher it's never a great idea to be early on these trades like if we look even back to like palo alto networks you know that you know had the big pop and then it faded for a couple of days but then it kind of held on here i'm just trying to look at the history of you know the the, the solid earning beats here um, Meta, obviously, the gap up, and then, you know, it pulled back a little bit and then eventually started climbing again, too. I'm more inclined to buy the dip, like not saying there. this is obviously not a dip, I, okay. but you get the 375 just coming in here and saying, I'm going to short it here. No, no. It's went as far, you know, you almost think it's come this far. Why not test the February high at 386? It's Maybe, a better yep. number. Yep. So I'm like, if I was in, so inclined to short it, which I'm not shorting it, if I so inclined was, though... I'd rather be up there at the 380s in the 380s and I'd be early here and then it's your 10 points underwater. But these things, the big earnings beats haven't faded that much. Some of them have, but a lot of them haven't. I'm just looking for, and I'm not talking so much about a fade here, but I'm talking about if you had the, uh, you know, any kind of the weekly options or something like that, at least roll them out or do something. I mean, that, you know, to me, that's just a big move. And I'm talking more about an exit than uh, uh, than uh, trying to fade it. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, let's let's move on. Uh, Micron uh, trading in the green here last time I looked. All right, let's get to Micron Technologies here as they gave their earnings. Micron Technology Q2 EPS at a loss of $1.91 misses the loss of $0.81 estimate. Sales at $3.69 billion missed the $3.72 billion estimate. Q3 23 adjusted revenue to $3.7 billion plus or minus $200 million. Versus a 3.7 billion estimate, so pretty much in line. If they get plus, you know that 200 million, they could probably beat it by just a little bit. But yet, seems like the market liked this. No, it doesn't even matter. It seems like this was not a good report, Mitch. This is not a good report at all. But this market, the silver lining market that is just so hungry for stocks, is just like, well, this was you know the dumpster fire quarter, and it's going to get better from here. I think that's what it's thinking because this quarter was not good at all. But I mean, we're in this environment here where a lot of people are pessimistic, including me, including you, Mitch. And, you know, maybe this is just, you know, this the, the, the this is what the bulls need. The bulls need stocks start going up on bad news. That starts happening and bear thesis starts to fall apart. Yeah. So I, I would say the, the last few reports and a couple of these were good. Like Lululemon was fine. It just didn't feel like it was an up 50 quarter. You know, PVH was fine, decent numbers, but didn't feel like it was an up 25% quarter. But that's what we're getting. So you can't argue with the price action. This market wants to go higher. It wants every excuse to go higher. The problem is the news flow continues to bring it down. I believe the news flow is just going to be too negative for it. And that's why I still stay with a lot of cash. But you can't argue with the technicals. The, The way the market has held up through a banking crisis, which we have in the regional banks right now, is nothing short of incredible. You know, this, you know, this fear has not come into the market. It's come into certain stocks. I mean, you, you look at certain stocks like SBNY yesterday and SIVBQ, which is always trade on the pinks, you know, now on the bulletin board. 
And you see shareholders completely wiped out. SIVBQ now 39 cents. SBNY trading at 10 cents, 13 cents here from, you know, $70. And you think, wow, you know, look at the risk that was there. Then closes at 100 bucks and then opens back up at 13 cents. I mean, makes me not want to invest in any regional bank ever again. But this market doesn't have that fear. I have the fear. The market does not. Okay. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Micron, uh, we gave this level here on the closing print. This is a very big level here. Uh, three highs in the same area. Uh, Sixty. This is called 6150. Uh, you haven't touched it yet. You're getting close. That's the area. That's where the uh, the you know sellers made a stand. So three highs in the same area. That's good enough for me. Hard to. I'm not going to call. Not going to call for support here. If this starts to reverse, if people start to change their mind on this thing, uh, the top of yesterday's range was closer to 60 at 59.87. So that's not too far away. But. Um, I switched over to the Micron earnings, but what I should have done is we should have talked about uh, the UBS and UBS going the opposite way on retail today. Dennis, let's do this, it. Yeah, so, let's go uh, to that. Did, did UBS put retail on sale today? Um, that's the question because uh, with their analyst ratings coming out, Dennis Boy. definitely caught bunch of these let us know a little bit about these yeah so ubs analysts just came in with their selling shoes on here and i mean something fierce downgrading here you go downgrading footlocker to sell downgrading urban outfitters to sell downgrading raw stores to sell rst downgrading burlington burl to sell downgrading bbwi to neutral uh, initiating on uh, getting away from retail for a second initiating this is also the ubs uh initiating zebra uh, uh, zebra bh at a cell and also medtronic at a cell you rarely see an analyst come out with one two three four five six seven cell ratings here four of them downgrade or six cell ratings five downgrades um all across the retail so they're obviously not liking something here that they're seeing with retail here um i guess they didn't care about the lululemon quarter but all of these stocks are trading down. You would have thought a good good day probably for Next. most of retail with Lululemon trading higher. That's not the case because UBS is raining on that parade here. Foot Locker down 1.9%. URBN down 2.28%. Raw Stores down 3%. Burlington, BURL down 2.6%. That's all, UBS. Uh, wow, they're all trading down. They're all moving this, and uh, the Burlington has been uh, been selling off as well. Uh, boy, oh boy! I mean, this this seemed to get the momentum going. So I'm not really going to judge. You can keep an eye on the pre market lows and some of these stocks. I'm I'm not looking to uh, see. All right, so there was Burlington. There was BBWI. So uh, I mean, major support at 34. That might not help you today. Raw stores, kind of a thin one. Ooh, losing a hundred bucks. Nowhere to go there. Looks like you're going to gap fill. That'll be a good gap fill because it was a triple top just around 98. Uh, for all these, if you're looking, you know, to get out, maybe look at the uh, the bottom of the previous day's range, or if you get really lucky, you know, if a if a swoop, you know, buyers come in, maybe you'll see the closing price. But it feels like uh, this UBS uh, downgrade of the retail is. Uh, it has some stickability, and I don't, I don't think he, I'd be fighting it. When analysts come in with a sell rating, the street notices. It doesn't matter who it is. They take note because analysts don't come out with sell ratings every day. When an analyst comes out with six sell ratings, the street's going to notice, and the street is going to hit those stocks. So obviously, you know, I they're seeing something in retail they're not liking. I'm with them, man. I'm like thinking the consumer is going to get strapped for cash here eventually too. I think credit's going to get tighter. I think this banking crisis is just in the early innings here. The market does not think that. The S&Ps think this is two and done. We got the SIVBQ trade now, SBNY. Shareholders get wiped out. Fine. That's their problem. We're buying stocks because we're eventually going higher here because the Fed is going to pivot now. That's the bull argument. I don't, I'm not in that, I'm not in oh, that camp. Yeah. Yeah, and I may I, be wrong. Maybe I'm sticking bearish too long. Maybe because the pivot is coming, and I believe it could be coming, you know. But I believe it's coming for the wrong reasons. So so far, we've kind of went nowhere, though. Like I mean, we can say, oh yeah, you know, you've been bearish for a month, you've been bullish for a month. The bulls, it's gone nowhere. The bears, it's gone nowhere. 
we probably continue to chop around until we get more information. And I think the information flow is still going to be negative. I'm going to wait till Friday. I'm going to wait till Friday. Why Friday? It's the end of the quarter. Okay. And I'm going to, because January up, February down, March back up. You know, who knows about April? Sure. Uh, We're coming into, uh, you know, I know we're coming into earnings season. Actually, I just looked Delta, I think, is April 1st. Uh, and you got the CPI, so I'm going to work my, my quarterly magic um, over the weekend, and, you know, I'll come up with some levels to follow. But until I have that date on Friday, um, I don't know, days like this, man, you know, you're thinking, holy mackerel. But uh, inter- I just want to point out the high close from last week, folks, before Powell, you know, got all crazy on us, was mm-hmm. forty thirty five seventy five. So that that that's my that's my line in the sand for you know like what's problem I don't know I'm just wondering if he like has a good feeling about the the you know good feel I mean they gotta have more information than they're revealing but like you know you get halfway decent earnings or good reactions to earnings no matter what they are and a soft CPI then you know then your your pivot is here I'm just not I'm not ready to jump into in the bull camp yet. And, and again, you know, we've really gone nowhere. So bulls haven't won here. Bears haven't won here. We're just chopping around. So, I, I mean, and, and it could go. You can see the bull case. The bull case is that we don't have any more bank failures. That inflation continues to tick down. And the Fed can now stop raising rates. And we're going to start going into thinking about, you know, a potential, you know, pivot and lowering rates. So, I mean, that's the bull case. It's there. It's not impossible to see it. I just think there's more pain before we get there. Okay. All right. right. Now let's uh, just to put a bow on retail, I'll bring in at least the Macy's news today. If you guys see why Macy's is down here, uh, Macy's CEO is going to be stepping down, uh, retiring next year. So don't know how much this is going to affect the stock today, but you guys can clearly see Macy's already down in the pre-market here as the CEO said to step down sometime next year. Surprised, actually, because, you know, let's be honest here, Macy's hasn't performed that well over the course of the last year either. So, I mean, sometimes they applaud when you're getting new leadership coming in here. In this case, they're not doing it. I wouldn't be surprised if this turns around, though. All right. Any levels for Macy's, Joel? Ah, man. You know, there's psychological level, like this 17 here. I'll just, I'll, I'll focus. Ooh, last week's low. Well, you got three lows under 17. So you, uh, and that was coming on Monday and at the end of last week. So you have someone nibbling between 16 and a half, 17. Let's see if they have still have that appetite today. I don't even think you've gotten there yet. Yeah, you snuck into the 17 handle with a pre market low of 1690. I wouldn't be surprised if there's something in the book at 17 because you had all these lows in this area back in October. So if you thought you missed a big rally, you wish you would have bought it in October. Well, you're going to get your opportunity here on this Wednesday morning, it looks like. Let's go to the next one here, of course. Uh, I don't know if you guys are still complaining about your egg price, but let's go to Calmain Foods here. Uh, as they reported their earnings, Q3 EPS of $6.62 beat to $4.78 estimate. Sales of $997.49 million beat the $888.21 million estimate. So nice little beat here, but not getting the love that I thought it would get on this report. You guys think about lower beta stock. Um, Lower beta stock, getting a little bit of lift. Is that 9.43% dividend? Was that a special dividend or something? I'm looking at a yield of 9.43%. I don't follow this company closely. i got to assume that was like a one-time dividend or something. This is sitting here with a 9% dividend. Like I got the PE on this puppy of five and and a yield of 9%. I can't see that. I know it sounds too good to be true. (laughs) I I think, you know, chat, maybe you can help me out here. I do not follow this stock whatsoever. But I'm just you know bringing it up here and looking at this with a nine percent dividend and a P of five and thinking, man, there's got to be something else going on here. Uh well, we'll uh, we'll do some digging on that. Uh, this one, this That'll is what, yeah, this this one, this thing just pops out to you, right? Four or four highs in the same area, so uh, fifty six and a half. That's the point of control here for the uh, for the bulls or the bears, whatever you want. But that's a big level. After that, things open up to the upside, and 
That's that's like I can see where to buy this thing up a buck seventy three. I have I would be a chicken and I would say, oh, I'll buy it at the top of yesterday's range, which is not too far away. Fifty five seventy four. So maybe you can get this on a gap fill. Uh, but um, I don't know. If it, if it turns around, they decide to sell into this. Uh, the close from yesterday is down at fifty four twenty seven. Do they ever make money? I'm just looking at these quarters. You know, they looking back to July two dollars and twenty five cents being the dollar eighty four, then two fifty seven, and then you know they're making four dollars. I mean, holy, their earnings are just fine. Now they're making six dollars and sixty two cents this quarter. How are they printing money like this? Is this egg prices? Is this what this is? Just the prices of eggs, six dollars and sixty-two cents versus four seventy-eight. Is this the price of eggs? That's well, I'm hiding those eggs, baby. Hiding those eggs. You never know. <laughs> well, I we used to see was making all the money. Uh, I used Holy to be a mackerel. I, yeah, price a, gouging here. Holy mackerel! Calmain Foods are making so much money right now. They made six dollars and sixty-two cents this quarter, Joel. I, I guess it's not going to last, you know, that's, you know, because this thing with the PEFI, but man, they are printing press here right now. I used to be allergic to eggs as a kid. Could never eat them. Could never eat them, and that and mustard, but uh, I outgrew both those, but uh, now Somebody's got to look at this, and you're like, where, where, like, this is <laughs> can't get off I can't, I can't believe this. Like, you, you've got, you know, so many of these politicians <laughs> here, you know, going at big tech and going at this. I mean, you got egg prices that are soaring through the roof, and you got this company just printing money. What's going on? Uh, Easter egg uh, hunt shortage or something. Ooh, ooh, Easter I, coming I, I, up. Somebody, somebody is just killing it here, and it's Calmain Foods. Makes I, me want to own it, but I just can't see egg prices and all this sustainable. So I think this is like inflated <laughs> earnings, maybe as good as it gets. But wow, I mean, the stock performance itself has been pretty crappy considering how much money this company <laughs> is printing here right now. Shows you how disconnected this whole market is from fundamentals, really. You know, like here's a company that's just a printing press right now. Maybe it doesn't last, but P of five, yielding nine percent. Somebody says yielding six, my system shows nine. But I just can't get out. I never really looked at the fundamentals of this company. It's insane. I'm gonna try. I Charles mean, I, like crap though. I I, I don't uh, I don't do the CEO reach out much, but I'm gonna see if I can get someone from Calmain Foods to come on since we just. Yeah, spent... we're gonna say why are you price gouging your customers here in printing press six dollars and six. Oh yeah, Dennis, you're so good with people. That would be great. <laughs> I'm nice. I'm very nice. Go. The I egg, stole the, the Easter egg. egg squeeze from um from Scarjo Rabbit. In oh yeah, Easter's I... coming, so you got to buy more eggs. That's well, going to yeah. be another catalyst. The Easter eggs. That, uh, saying, they never went up like level. that in Canada. Like, how much were you paying for a dozen eggs? So you got the peak. We never went up much in Canada. I don't really pay attention. Like everybody was complaining eggs. about it, but I kept going to the store and I kept seeing my dozen eggs for like three bucks, four bucks. I never, and that's Canadian dollars, so it's like two, three dollars U.S. I never really saw the big jump up in pricing. I get the um, uh, the egg whites from Costco. I don't, I don't even know how much. I should. I guess I should be checking the prices on that. But um, you get a big carton of that. But uh, Dennis, we got a compliment on your hair today. Is it good today? Yeah, it's better today. Well, I made you comb it yesterday for our, our promo for um for our that. special. This I should mention that on uh, I even wore the Monday shirt for you because you gave me compliments here. So yep. you were complimenting 3rd, me yesterday. Went on the promo that I look nice, so I wore a Michigan shirt just for Joel. April 3rd, <laughs> uh, we're going to be doing our special from noon to 10 over on pre-market, or noon to 10, 10 to noon, uh, on premarketprep.com. Super lineup we got. Uh, Todd Gordon, Angie Setzer, Gene Munster, Cameron Dawson, Blue Putnam, Michael Hewson, and J.C. Peretz. Uh, he is not going to sugarcoat anything, so uh, we'll be out. I want to see everyone there for that. Uh, we're Spoo's sell off a little bit. We're still up 31 and a half handles. Just a little bit of a leak. Nothing to get alarmed about yet. I don't think we have any 8.30 numbers or anything going on. We have a few minutes before our guest. Uh, yeah, I'm slightly Mitch. under attack here, too. I don't know slightly under attack, but no one can see it, Dennis. So I, I, I'm I, under I love siege it. here. I like, the so. new, I like the new layout because no I, one can I'm see under Dennis siege. is getting layout attacked. hides the girl. <laughs> <laughs> the girl has a doctor's appointment in a couple hours. So she wants to get um, on she's camera. Home with she's me right camera now time. As, as my wife takes the boy to school, and I'm under attack here. 
Well, well, uh, it, since she's there, we should mention like Dave and Buster earnings, right? Why? Did you give her she's a little young for play, I think. Did you give yeah. her toast? Toast? Uh, I gave her waffle. She should be good, but she's here. She's going to draw something. You want to draw something for the show? Okay, draw something for the show, and we'll show it after. She's there you go. We got, right, we got uh, some nice, live art. Nice. Live art in the background. Yeah, no AI. Art. Art no hub, AI man. on that art. Pre-market prep uh, art hub. <laughs> All right. I'm making it an ahead. NFT. Make it an NFT. Oh, yeah. They will do that, too. That's how they roll. <laughs> go ahead, Mitch. I'm sorry. No worries. Uh, do, do you want to do Dave and Buster's really quick? or should yeah, we? Sure. Sure. All right. Let's rock it out really quickly. Let's take a look at play. Uh, Dave and Buster's earnings came in. EPS 80 cents beat the 73 cent estimate. Sales of 563.76 million beat the 541.39 million estimate. They did approve a repurchase program authorizing up to 100 million of common stock through the end of fiscal 23. I would say I've been at a Dave and Buster's lately. Um, it was a couple months ago, but man, they were definitely hurting for employees. Um, it just seems like everybody's running on three wheels out yeah. there. <laughs> Anywhere you go, it's like they're running on three wheels. It's tough. You go to some of the restaurants and you can feel it. You know, your service is a little bit slower and they're like, apologize. You know, we're short two waitresses. I'm like, holy. I mean, this is just the way it is right now. And it's still yeah. that way. Labor shortage is hard to see labor prices coming down when you can't even get people to work. So, yeah. But play, I don't know. This has been a dog for a long time, too, here. It just kind of goes nowhere. I mean, look at the long-term chart. Yeah, Bring it up here. 30 to we 40. just kind of hang out. We're where we were in 2015, where we were in 2016. This was instant art here, so this is what she just drew right now. Let's see. Let's see. Wait, that's what go. she just drew. Oh, oh that's that, was an a, NFT. that was a one-minute project. That's an NFT right there. There you go. The one-minute project. Do you want to continue on a little bit more? There's your thing. She's going to continue a little bit further. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, the adult Chuck E. Cheese, I use that line all the yeah. time. Yeah. My uh, my my son-in-law loves that place. He went there for his birthday. Uh, I went there for a uh, one of the pre-fiesta uh, ball parties, and I literally got a headache in five minutes. Um, it did, I gave my tokens away to people because I didn't want to play the games and get the hell out of there. Uh, you got a low at uh, 33.44, which may come into play today. You didn't quite get there in the pre-market. Really, no no area of, like, super support. The slow here was 32 and a quarter, uh, trading down on 5,000 shares. All right, we'll see what happens there in play. And I would say that definitely Chuck E. Cheese's pizza is better than Dave and Buster's food, but that's just my opinion. Uh, into it. Are they still around, Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, I think they still got a couple out there. They're still Dennis. kicking around. They used they're to gonna... be. They used to be here on in Windsor, where I, I live for a long time. But I, I don't think it's even there anymore. Maybe oh, they're De still in Canada. Let us know if there's still some Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, I Dennis. bring my kid to a Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know where there is one. <laughs> hey Dennis! Oh, I forgot to mention. Did you? Uh, did, before you moved, did you know they built a really big pool in Windsor, in downtown Windsor? Did you know about that? Yeah, they had that for a long time. A long yeah, time. Whole, yeah, they've had. They've got some awesome, you know, indoor water parks there in Windsor. Well, this like, is uh, like a competitive pool. They're having like the the Canadian. No, this. I think this is kind of new. Oh, okay. They're no, the I Canadian didn't know about this. Joe knows about, about the, the new pools. indoor water parks downtown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't test, you are don't you going to go compete, Joel? Knowledge. Are you competing in this? It's yeah, May, of we... May of 24. Yeah, because I'm aging up next year. I'm thinking of making a big run next there year. There you go. He's going to age run. up and he's going to kill run, those baby. other 80-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. We got a, we got a, uh, we got a CEO coming on. We let's got do this. Yeah, let's do it. Go ahead, Mitch. Let's run roll it, team. Hi, good afternoon or good morning. I'm going to bring on Rob Lacasio, and he is a founder and CEO over at Live Person. Rob, how you doing today? Good. How you doing, Joel? Good. Uh, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, you know, we're looking at the last quarter here, and uh, the street did not have a great reaction to it. So I really uh, respect you coming on here and uh, and talking to us about your stock. You ever? You've been at this game for a while. Give us a little bit of your background. Yeah, so I started Live Person in 1995, and I invented web chat in 1997. So I invented the technology when you chat online for customer care. I took the company public in 2000, 
That was one of the last internet IPOs. Uh, we went out at eight bucks, went down to seven cents a share. Uh, that was the lowest share price and then built it from there. And then we made a big pivot into messaging and AI about seven years ago. So we work with the largest uh, brands in the world on providing their AI and automation for customer care. Uh, now it's, it's going wider than that. But if you go to the, you know, Citibanks and T-Mobiles and Home Depots and companies like that, and you message and you're communicating with them through customer care, that's our platform. Um, so yeah, this is my 23rd year running a public company. I'm the, I think I'm the second longest serving now behind the NVIDIA CEO in the tech world. So uh, I've been through a lot and I've seen a lot and recently I've seen a lot too. So yeah, yeah definitely. I, don't so, from, uh, I don't shy away from these things. So, right. So, uh, you know, you made, you made a big decision last quarter um, and you felt that we, we talked earlier about it. You thought it was something that was necessary, something that had to be done for the, for the future of the company. Uh, what the, what the street's reaction is going to be. Uh, you never know. We see what the, the street's reaction was to it. Uh, lay out, lay out your scenario. You know, what, what prompted these moves? What are the, you know, obviously the short-term negatives, but what do you perceive to be the long-term benefits? I mean, we were, you know, AI and everything that's going on now, most people know about ChatGPT and OpenAI, and, and we are servicing the largest brands in the world. And matter of fact, last year, Fast Company chose us as the number one AI company, and OpenAI, who makes ChatGPT, was number three. And when you look at what's happening now, there's an acceleration of this vision I've had about, you know, having automation in our lives and having these personal assistants in our lives. Well, during COVID, like a lot of tech companies, you know, we got into different business lines. Our customers asked us to do things during that time, and we got unprofitable. We started to burn cash. And for 20 years, we didn't burn cash, and that's how we got here. And for the last three years, we burned cash in our negative EBITDA margins. And so we did a big cleanup, and our final cleanup last quarter, we took out about $70 million in revenue, which was non-core revenue, that was low margin revenue for us that yes, our customers want us to do things like labor contact center labor. We got into a COVID business because one of our customers wants to do COVID apps to bring their employees back to work. Um, we have a joint venture in the healthcare side that we spun out now and there were a different businesses we got into. And I just said, once and for all, we, we've got to be done with this and start generating cash. So we dumped that revenue and now we're generating cash and positive EBITDA and we're back to what got us here. So I just felt like it was a lot of puts and takes. I know it was potentially confusing, but it but going Q2 forward, like we're back to being the company of generating cash flow and and double-digit EBITDA margins. And now we got to get the growth engine going again, which we will. But that's what we did. And it was it was ugly. I knew it was going to be ugly. I didn't want that to happen. I didn't think the stock would respond like that because of the nature of people want profitability. We want profitability, but it's the right thing to do to allow us to now focus and execute on the, the long-term plan. Rob, right. talk about the long-term plan. Talk about the turnaround story here. You know, where, you know, if we're coming here and obviously LPSN stock is very low here right now, talk yeah. about the potential for a turnaround here. First of all, we're, we're trading below one times revenues, which is ridiculous. We are a leading AI company. Like everything that's going on with AI and everything that we see, we're going to bring that to the largest brands in the world where they're trusted, you know, platforms for this type of technology. So there's a disconnect, you know, and, and uh, you know, AI is going to be in every place in our life. Everything that happened with ChatGPT, that's the stuff we are bringing onto our platform. The ability to talk to a machine for it to do our work It'll definitely, our vision in the last five years has been to get rid of contact centers and human beings answering questions and doing phone calls. That will accelerate. That, that was the core thing I've been talking about for five or six years. Like we got to kill the 800 number and, and calling. And, and now we can replace all of those um, conversations with the machine. Like everything now that I've envisioned for the last 10 years is coming true. And, and so yeah, there's, it's, it's odd. Uh, you know, it happens. Uh, trading below one times revenue is a leading AI company, making money, we're profitable. Like there's a lot of things that don't add up. But what happens is we, like I know, been doing this a long time. We just got to put up the quarters and uh, show, you know, what we're saying can be possible. 
what about the businesses that you spun? Like you spun, you're, you're obviously, you know, changing your focus here. Can you talk about the specific like businesses that you're going to now be focusing on? You know, you talked about, you know, we got to get the growth back. You know, what do you see as, you know, how do you get the growth back now that you've spun off some of these other businesses that weren't working? Look, I, I, the growth's there. I mean, we, we took out 200 million. We actually took out 200 million in the last 12 months in expenses. And that there's a certain amount of focus you have to do with that. Um, and there's a lot of restructuring. We restructured the business around the opportunity to accelerate it. Um, we, we did just sell off a business we had for 13 years. That was a chat business. That was humans giving advice, like tech support advice and things like that. And we, we sold that because we see such an opportunity to transform the enterprise and these large brands that we work with, with this core technology. And that's where we want to put our, our focus on right now. But look, when you do that type of cleanup, you know, we took out about 300 and something people a few, two weeks ago. That was the last portion. I think over the last year, we took out about 900 people to get more efficient as a business. When you go through that, um, you know, there's a lot of focus on cost savings versus growth. And now we cleaned up the P&L. And look, a lot of tech companies, a lot of especially B2B companies, they don't make money. And it doesn't make sense to me. And even when we weren't making money, um, at first, it made sense because we were there was a massive growth during COVID and everybody wanted bot systems and contact centers were shutting down and we started to overinvest. And if I could go back, I would change it. But the bottom line is we made the change and uh, now we can move forward. But the focus is on growth and what's going to accelerate the growth ends is just focus right now, bringing the large language models onto our platform, which we're doing. Um, so there's there's no real big change in the business. It was just that we got caught into over um, investing in the business. We had too many people, um, too many things going on that weren't core. And now we're a clean company with a focus back on that core. All right. I'm going to hop in here. I know that you've talked about, and, and I appreciate the full transparency, some of the negative things. Let's highlight some of the good yeah. things that happened in the recent quarter. I have your presentation here from the recent quarter. You guys just presented earnings on the 15th. Let me know a little bit about this. Yeah, so uh, Q1 will be our last losing quarter on the EBITDA side, and now we'll, um, you know, we'll have uh, double-digit uh, EBITDA margins somewhere between 13 and 17 percent, and then cash flow margins of somewhere between five and seven percent uh, this year. So Q1 will be the last where we burned money, and then we signed 44 new logos. That was 63 percent year over year. So you can see there are growth parts of happening. Um, and now we can, you know, basically focus on those, uh, you know, as a company, you can see, we, we, we continue to sign our new logos, renewing our new logo, uh, renewing our customer base. Um, you know, the interesting thing is like, it's, it's exciting. I was, I was just, uh, I was literally just on the call with, uh, uh one of our large car companies. We have one, we have a, a many a handful of the large big car companies. And we were talking about automating, the um the, the user manuals for the car so like you can ask you know what's the childproof features uh how far can i be from the car to open the doors and then we were talking about also automating the technical manuals conversationalizing the technical technical manuals that the people who do the service you know in the service department use normally they have to go through that thing but you could talk it through so all these big brands we have, there's so many interesting use cases now to like take all the stuff that you're reading and manuals and PDF files and conversationalizing that. So all these types of brands that we're seeing here is really about the, the base, maintaining it and then accelerating it. We're on the line with Rob Lacasio. He's the founder and CEO of Live Person joining us here on pre-market prep. Uh, you know, Rob, I, I got to ask you the question here. Um, you know, I, there has to be some envy here. I mean, some of these other stocks, this uh, C3.AI Inc. has just had a tremendous run. And stock hasn't been around as long as you. We, you know, talk about that. I mean, are you looking for, you know, any strategic partnerships or something I'm, uh, down the line? I mean, uh, you know, Google with Bard, it's been up and down. But, uh, I mean, just, just, you know, comment on the competitive landscape out there and possible strategic partnerships. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you'll, from us, you should see some, you know, things happening. Um, there are big cloud providers we're already partners with, um, but you'll see some things, I think, from us 
on that side uh, because the technology stack now, what's interesting for even these guys is that the guys provided, whether it's a Microsoft or OpenAI or, you know, there, there's, a, there's a bunch of these guys, they, um, they want us to bring this to the enterprise, you know, and, and that's really the key thing is that we have these relationships. We have customers who've been with us 15 years and they've transformed their businesses with us. And we have a platform that they're using that's AI driven it's it's our business, you know. It, it's not a it's not a piece of our puzzle. Um, it's it's it is our business. So they're trusting us to bring this technology to them, and so for those big partners in the world, they need a conduit to get those enterprises, and we can make that happen quickly. And so I think what you're going to see very quickly is we're going to have the largest brands in the world using this technology. It's safe, you know. If it's not on a platform like ours, it can run amok. They they say it hallucinates. You know, the AI makes something up and it's not real. But on our platform, it's always real. And so that's what the large enterprise need. And so it's it's an exciting time. I go back to it like all the brands are, are just like we can change our business. Um, they need a platform to do that on. Uh, we've got the largest set of enterprise brands to do it with. And they trust us. And we've been around. So so it'll be interesting where we go from here. Like I said, you, you get bruised up. I've seen the stock at eight cents a share. I saw the stock during the financial crisis. I think it went down to $1.70. Um, I've seen the stock in many different places. Luckily, the stock has no memory. You know, it, it continues forward. Um, and as a company, we, we're excited about our future. That's why I, you know, we were not in the defensive position. That's why I wanted to be on the show. It's I'm not sitting here. Oh my God, you know, we we're going backwards because the stock uh, says that. You know, we are in an offensive position when it comes to AI. And AI right now is the greatest transformational technology. You know, since the web since the web came out, since the internet came out, and uh, and we're going to bring it to the enterprise. All right, Rob Lacasio, founder and CEO of Live Person, uh, coming on the pre market prep here. I say, Rob, great job here. Um, I mean, a, a tough position. You come up and uh, you made your stand, and uh, really respect you. And we'll we'll be keeping a, a close eye on this company. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks, like guys. Thanks for Thanks, having me. All right, let's go ahead. Let's peek into the markets. How are we looking? Yeah, Joel? just a just a little bit of a leak here. Nothing to get alarmed up. We're still up thirty one handles, but I think you know those late buyers. You know this range bound choppy trading. I yeah. mean that it's gonna it's gonna persist. I I this would be one of those days where you know if you're looking through follow through through the pre market high. Oh boy, 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 oh boy. I mean. You better you better play it tight. That's if in fact we get up to the pre-market high. But um that's what I'm looking at. Last print up 31 and a quarter handles at uh, 31 handles at 3250. Uh Lulu, could this be one of those days? And I'm, it's not investment advice, but you don't see the uh the pre-market high is the high of the day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You know, this thing just like, just think about that. This is kind of a, it trades kind of heavy, right? Dennis, look at all these updates. If you were playing, if you were playing this into the report, I mean, there's got to be orders at, where, where to close at? 320, 325, 330, 335, 340, 350, 360, 370, 375. I mean, and you're going to be a buyer on the open up 16.5%, filling a gap. I don't know, Dennis. I mean, I don't chase, but I can see not, why some people are doing that because it has been working. I mean, it worked yesterday okay. in um, in PVH, but I mean, it wasn't easy. PVH. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. That thing. Well, had well I would say it was very easy. Where did PVH open? I think it opened right. It just that opened low. and just went up, right? Yeah, I, uh, I got an open at eighty four ninety and the low at eighty two forty. Yeah, but that's all in the first bar. So what happens here, and I can explain the mechanics okay, to the open. So let's explain, you know, opening mechanics here. What you have is the primary exchange, and I don't have the quotes, but I could go bring it up. Let's just go. I wish I could show my screen actually, but um, I'm just going to go into yesterday's quotes just um, and look right at the open and see exactly what happened here. So we're going to the twenty eighth. We're going to go into the opening bar. Here we go. I'm going to look at the quotes because I have this on my Neo Vest. I can look at every single trade that occurred yesterday. So if we look, it was running up into the pre-market. You're right, Joel. It ran up to around $85 in the pre-market. Um, we had an opening print of 84.64.35 seconds after that opening there. And you're right. We did leak. We leaked down in the next minute. We lost about two bucks. So you're absolutely right. We lost about two dollars in that last in the in that next thirty seconds. But then we started to blast off, and then literally going 
out about a minute after that. So 9.32, we're back up to the 84s where we opened, and then we continue to go higher at that. So there was a shakeout there, a good shakeout. So what you're right, it wasn't easy. It's not like it opened right at the lows. It opened in that opening bar, but that opening bar is for the first few minutes there. So there was a shakeout there. But sometimes what you see happen is get that opening print where maybe it deviates from where the stock currently is. And sometimes, you know, there's other exchanges. So what you have is a consolidated opening where what is the first tick at 930.00? And some of your systems will pick that up. So the first tick actually was 930.06.84.90 on ARCA. But the actual stock didn't open on the NYSE until 930.35, which was 30 seconds later at 84.64. So the opening mechanics on the New York Stock Exchange are a little bit different because you still have the designated market maker opening the, the stock and that's your official opening price. Yet it still opens on other exchanges you know, it's, it's open the whole time, so it's a run time. But some people will take that consolidated opening. What is the, the stock trade at 930.00? And that's not really where the New York Stock Exchange open is because nine the New York Stocks often open significantly after 9.30, sometimes a few seconds, sometimes a couple of minutes if they can't, you know, get it, you know, figured out exactly where it is. So that opening bar is kind of always a little bit of a mess on NYSE stocks because it doesn't open instantaneously like you see on the NASDAQ. Yeah, I like that's what I do on those kind. I look at those kind of things, and you know, sometimes they just open, you know, at the dead low or the dead high, or you know, the book, you know, holds it in one place. But Dennis, that was uh, that was incredible explanation. If uh, if anyone has any questions about that, uh, you know, throw it out there. That's kind of a, a little bit of a uh, high level subject, but that's what we like to discuss. We like to give you guys things that you don't get on. Uh, your regular broadcast news. So uh, 8.53 here. Yeah. Pop a little this pop market is very interesting here today. It's a very broad-based rally. I'm not seeing anything really trade down besides if it didn't have news. Obviously, Macy's had news. We know that's trading red. But when I'm looking at my screen here right now, I see all those UBS downgraded stocks trading red. And then I just see everything is green. Like they're, you're, you're struggling to find stocks that are in the red here today. So it's very broad-based. And again, the new stocks, take the new stocks out. I'm not seeing any sectors really weaker here. Like sometimes you come in, okay, well, they're going to hammer the consumer staples today because it's a risk-on day. It's not the case. They're actually buying consumer staples today too. They're buying healthcare stocks today too. They're buying banks. They're buying tech. They're buying pretty much across the board. But they're not buying anything heavy. They're buying everything like up that like 1% what the market is. It's like very broad based. Like it's like usually there's pockets where, you know, you're seeing tech up 2%, but you're seeing other sectors down 1%. And then that equals the market up 1%. Today is just very broad based. Even look to the IWM, which is very interesting. IWM has been trading with a beta much higher than the SPY lately. But today IWM is up exactly the same as the S&P. And then you throw the QQQ and it's almost exactly the same as a spy. So we were saying how that inverse correlation was there between the IWM and the Qs. That is not present today whatsoever. It's kind of a buy everything market here today. So that's interesting. All right, let's go to our trade zero segment today and see what stocks are on the gaps. All right, team, let's get into the action. And the, the top stock is a therapeutic stock, actually. It's not Lulu, it's ARCT. Uh, of course, therapeutic stock, be careful out there. They have been moving, though. I've seen some of these biotechs really getting to move as of late, especially anything that has like mentions of drugs. Just keep an eye out on that uh, kind of phase. I think this was a phase two mention here, but let me just uh, re kind of uh, adjust here. And it was. Quarterly beat, um, quarterly beat and cash runaway extension. So uh, runway extension. So it looks like they were able to get some cash and continuing to push here. We'll see if it gets back there towards the 2150s. Lulu, we've already mentioned, of course, we can keep going from there. Coinbase getting a little bit of a bounce back today. Is this something that you would take a shot in or a stay away? What do you guys think? Um, you know what? The Wells notice is scary, but I, what I will say is if we go into more of a banking crisis here, which I believe is still coming, I think Bitcoin continues to go higher and you're seeing Bitcoin starting to break out here again. So short term, I'm still bullish 
Bitcoin here for the simple reason is that I think there's more banking problems ahead and Bitcoin's a natural place to go and hide. So I do think eventually they start to gravitate back. We don't hear more news. Obviously, if we hear something substantial coming, you know, and the SEC is going to be suing Coinbase, you know, things can change quickly. So there is the potential for, you know, a tape bomb here in Coinbase with that Wells notice out there. But as we hear, you know, as we go days, you know, by here and don't hear too much more about it, that, you know, it's going to probably eventually bring buyers back in. So it wouldn't surprise me if Coinbase starts to find some buyers and some dip buyers coming in here. It looks and, like Square, and Square found those dip buyers too. Yeah, it took a did. couple of days. The Square yeah. has been trying to bounce back, which I thought felt the, the sell-off was absolutely ridiculous is really what I thought. I said it on the show. Stock was 63 and a half, and then I watched it go down to 57. I was like, holy mackerel, was I early on that one. Um, it has started to bounce back here. I do think eventually um, I, 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 I kind of like Square on the pullbacks, except the valuation. So I'm not in Square. I haven't been in it, but I still think that that move down was a little bit overdone. Yeah, coin looks like you got some room up to uh, – there's some daily highs. You had that Wells notice and uh, can't get over 66. Your first target on the upside, that would be 67.60. That was uh, actually your high on Monday if you're looking for a target. So 70, uh, you get into the gap area in Coinbase. We'll see what happens there on Coinbase. And yeah, a bunch of uh, kind of crypto stocks moving today as you're seeing Bitcoin a little bit higher. So keep your eyes on some of those Bitcoin stocks today. Even the miners were up a little earlier. Uh, but like Dennis said, there's a lot of stocks that are up today. Let's yeah, keep it's moving. really broad base. This is the first day that I've come in and I'm like, well, there's no pockets of weakness here which mm -hmm. is surprising. Now things can change very quickly, you know, and maybe a 930 it's going to separate and we're going to see some separation, but besides those downgraded retailers, I don't see very many pockets of weakness here today. Yep, let's get let's keep moving here. Let's take a look at some other ones. Tesla bouncing back a little bit after making a low yesterday at 185.43. It's back to 192.40s. Do you see higher than 200 or do you guys see below that 185? kind of gap zone what do you guys think i just see major resistance at 200 so yeah. i think there's no reason yeah. to get long this thing until it can reclaim 200 yeah. again you know the banking crisis is still you know we keep mentioning multiple times every show because it's still out there and we're still not past it i i can't get interested in tesla unless it starts to get above 200 really from the bull side yeah, more a little bit shorter term here. You're opening right into the previous day's high, 92.36. Uh, so, and that was uh, really near your two day close, also your four day close. So, if the Bulls want to make a stand here, they'll get a 192.5 bid. Things open up after that. 197.39 is your two day high in Tesla, but uh, kind of quiet ranges here after, you know, that uh, tremendous January run little bit of tail off in february and march all right let's go to an interesting one here uh dg dollar general here um what do you guys think about dg uh they were on the cover of barons and oh that that, that tells us a lot weekend? right yeah it was negative too there was the old negative uh it uh the price is wrong and uh, I skimmed the article, and it, it showed like, oh, this cranberry spray juice is a buck eighty nine. But then you go to the register, and it's like two twelve. But uh, obviously, the street uh, went the other way with it. Uh, Monday, you know, Monday was a little bit of a down day. Uh, interesting level here for me would be this uh, two. Let's just call it two twelve. Uh, if you go back to uh, last week and the prior week, you had three highs in that area. If you're looking at it from a bullish scenario, um, but first things first, you got to clear that uh, that high from yesterday, two ten forty two. Guys, I'm gonna let you finish up and hop. Great sure. show today. Thanks to Rob Lacasio for coming on and uh, go get them, guys. All right. Uh, I, I mean, we could take a look at some down gappers, but Netflix has been strong yeah. as of late. What do you think about this Netflix recent move? Um, I know I I've think, been watching it. I think it the with... subscriber, um, if they're going to start cracking down on that, I actually think that's good for the stock. Yeah. So I, I think I kind of like it in the lower 300s. I mean, we just popped quite a bit here, but if we can pull back here in this range, um, it, Again, valuation, you know, when I was picking it up and, and obviously, you know, I had two purchases, but when I, I had the big purchase at the 180, um, I was on a valuation call. The thing was trading 16 times earnings. So like Netflix never been this cheap. 
So that was just valuation call. It's not that cheap anymore. I mean, 30 times earnings here. So it's, it's you know, I'd love to see this in the low 200s. Um, I just don't know if you're going to get there. I do love the company. I think that, you know, they're, they're, they create so much content and some of it's pretty darn good. Um, they're the streaming people. I, you, you thought Disney was going to come in, but Disney just doesn't have the content, the, no, the amount of content. Disney has yeah, great content. They... they just don't have the amount of content. And I mean, even what I was with Disney before, you know, and I still like Disney long term. I just, you know, I go on the Disney Plus and I was like, okay, the new Mandalorian series. And I was trying to watch last night. Well, it's not even that good. So I don't know what it is. Like some of these Star Wars series, the Andor one. I mean, the hardcore, you know, Star Wars people really love them. Um, I'm not that impressed, you know, with some of They've yeah. come up with a lot of new Star Wars content, but it hasn't been just, oh my God, that was awesome. It was like, it's okay. It was okay. Like when they first came out with some stuff, it was like kill. That first Mandalorian series was awesome. But like now it's like they're coming out with new Star Wars content all the time. And it's like, it's good, but it's not great. So I don't know. I think this, I think Netflix is still the company beating streaming. Yeah. And I think, uh, believe it or not, I think Apple is coming really fast. Um, I know a lot of people don't believe in Apple Plus or Apple TV, right? But um, their mentions that they're going to get into movies, I think, is a big step for them. Um, and so keep your eyes on that. While Disney just mentioned what? That we're going to cut spending on content. So I don't know how they expect to be a leader in That's streaming, crazy but not spending that. money in content, right? That yeah. to me, they're just trying to make money with that little as amount spent on the content. And yeah, they're, it's continuing to work right now. But will that change? I think that's something we keep a close eye on. Uh, let's just take a little peek here at the net down to see what's showing up there. Anything that stands out to us. Um, of course, you see some kind of uh, uh, kind of retail names like Urban. These are names, smaller names, right, that I've been keeping an eye on. Like, let's say, uh, American Eagle um, and Abercrombie and Fitch. Some of those kind of names. What do you think about those names? Dennis, as I'm staying away from retail for the simple reason I think the consumer gets more strapped here eventually. But yeah, some of these are, you know, some of these valuations are gotten to a point where they're cheap. I still have that little bit of Kohl's, which has just been horrible. And that's like a bad taste in my mouth. You know, I tried the JWN back, you know, long, you know, after um, um, in the 20s there, in the low 20s when I'd pulled back at the huge pop and then it pulled back and I tried it there and then it started breaking down again. So I'm like, it's been hard to make money in retail on the long side. So mm -hmm. I think one's been twice shy for me on, on retail. There will be a time to buy retail stocks here. I just feel like we're early yet. <laughs> Dennis, you know where I got top ticked probably on, which was, of course, Burlington as it destroyed me up there at the top. <laughs> That's the day I you got stopped out. That's you the day I got stopped out, Dennis. Yeah, that's what they <laughs> that's do. That's how it goes. They, they, run, you, they goes run you, sometimes. they run you, they run you. I mean, people think, you know, it's easy shorting stocks. It's not easy shorting stocks. No, it isn't. You not easy being long stocks here. either sometimes. So tra trading is difficult. The psychology behind it all, you can really make you, um, it makes you or breaks you. I mean, you got to try to separate yourself from the money. You got to try to separate yourself from and just try to like, put your structured system in place you know if you're new you're trying to build the structure you're trying to build the systems you're trying to find the edge you know my edge is you know a little bit of combination of everything you know it's macro it's individual news flow it's charts it's a little bit of everything and i try to you know take that you know view and try to put it all together and what about the amc rumors <laughs> Did you hear about those rumors? No, what's the new AMC rumors? <laughs> oh, you didn't hear it yesterday? No, I did All not. right, so there was a rumor going around. That I think I have AMC muted in my Amazon. <laughs> Amazon can be buying AMC. Uh, so uh, rumors out there that supposedly Amazon would go and buy AMC. What do you think about that? <laughs> Zero chance. Sorry. Yeah. There's Zero. just no point, right? There, there's some things that have a chance, you know, like, you, you know, go back to dumb and dumb. So you're telling me, you know, you're telling me I got a chance. I don't think you have any chance. Uh, that's how it is sometimes, team. We'll see if the rumor does play to fruition. But, of course, uh, it's going to be a tough one. We'll find out if Amazon does go after AMC. That's what had that nice little pop yesterday uh, in the intraday market. We'll look to see if AMC can make any type of come around. Uh, turnaround as it's been just kind of on a declining action, right? It's almost back to $3 where it kind of ripped out of, right? It was about $2, then started ripping at that three. We're almost back to three. Well, we cut through that 52-week low, $3.77. Find out, team. That's going to do it for our trade segment today. Like always, you guys can check out Stocks to Watch here um, and check out Get 3 
month for free with Trade Zero's flagship software. And we're going to start wrapping up. Any last comments you got for the everything market, rally. Dennis? It's an everything rally here today. Let's see if we start getting some separation after the open. Tech is really leading the charge here. It's been rare that you see the bank strong and tech strong together. So that's good news for the bullet you're seeing in everything rally. Makes me feel like this rally could hold a little bit better than some of the other ones when you see everything rallying like this. I mean, we always look under the hood and it's like, I'll say, you know, the market's up, but banks are tanking. I'm like, how did this stay up without the banks? In this case, we kind of got everything up today. I mean, FRC was trading the red. It's still trading the red. That's a little bit of a, of you know, a red flag. But mm -hmm. there's still every, all the other banks are trying to trade higher here today. So as long as the banks can stay up here today, I think the market could potentially hold this rally. But you know, maybe we go into the end of the quarter. Maybe they try to jack it into the end of the quarter. You have to consider those effects. I mean, we're two days away from that. Typically, we are strong into the end of the quarters as money managers pushing stocks. So I don't know if that's going to continue here or not, but it's something to think about, especially if you're short. Definitely something to think about. We'll see what happens today. Dennis, you go do what you do best, my friend. Get to Thanks, your trading money, action. See you, chat. Great time. Great chat here today. Take care, Dennis. All right, Dennis is out of here. Definitely check him out, like always, on his Twitter. And stick around, team. we got another great day for you guys. Of course, we'll have some live trading and then a little bit of some all-access action. That's going to be coming up right now, starting at 9, let's say 9.10 here in about two minutes, two, three minutes. And like always, you guys can keep growing your skills. Of course, Benzinga is the number one place to grow your financial journey. So if you guys want to continue growing, Come over, come learn from the Japanese candlestick charting techniques. We're killing it. I really think last show was the best show we've ever done. We went through real life examples, charts on the dailies, showing these patterns. And I think that that's really important, right? Because there's one thing reading this book. There's a whole nother thing if you can actually start recognizing the patterns. So smash the like, guys. You guys can definitely use different charting services to recognize these patterns. But if you actually understand how these work, it's going to give you that edge. Smash the thumbs up. I'm going to throw the link there, team. Now to get you guys over to some live trading action. Of course, we got uh, Ryan back. Zunade will be out. But you guys come over. Check out what we can get into today. It's going to be another tough day in the market. It's never easy. But one thing's for sure. We'll keep battling with you guys. Smash the thumbs up. I'll see you guys over on live trading now. And, of course, hit those likes. Come on, man. Don't be stingy, guys. We... We definitely try to help you guys out, give you guys the pre-market outlook here. And you guys, do us a favor. Let us know. Do you like the show or unlike the show? I don't even mind if you unlike it, right? The key here is just to give us some feedback so we continue to do better for you guys. We'll see you next time. And now come over. You don't got to go anywhere. There's more action right here on Benzinga.